0: You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium Games, Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Whether you fight, explore, unite and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast and join us as we go Beyond the Verse. Launch sequence activated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 27 of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen podcast. I'm your host, Solus, and we are calling today's episode Jump Point and I believe for obvious reasons. If you have been anywhere on social media, on any platform, you have seen, um, you have watched the latest PTU patch 321 videos and still images of the jump points that are released. Again, this is PTU, it's not the live servers, uh, which is the persistent universe, but we now have access to the pyro jump points Uh, the Magnus Jump Point, and the Terra Jump Point. We will get into that. That is the main purpose uh, or the main theme of today's episode. So we will hit that about halfway through. Uh, But let's get into the agenda for the rest of this episode. There were a lot of updates on PTU patch 321 Uh, actually three there was two on Friday and then there was a third that came out on Tuesday so we'll talk about the latest patch update actually the latest one was Wednesday we'll talk about that patch update we will also get into a concierge email birthday surprise I'll screen share and show you that we'll get into the October subscriber flare the roadmap roundup We'll talk all things day of the Vara, 2953, and then we will wrap things up with the Inside Star Citizen episode of Sprint Talk Yai. And yes, Sprint, Sprint Talk Yai. I see what they did there, Uh, but a play, obviously, on the, uh, oh my goodness, whatever that other alien ship is called. Now I'm all mixed up because I see the play on words. (laughs) But first, let's get into a little bit of business. Um... Where I, I, I just I want to take a second while I'm here on this podcast uh, to talk about the September monthly show review. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. This is this is straight off of my Twitter um, on Tuesday, which was the early part of October. On Tuesday, I posted like I do every single month the performance of Beyond the Verse podcast. I think it's important. I, I, I don't. Uh, I am business minded. As many of you know, I am a senior product manager at Amazon. Um, it bleeds through everything I do. I talk KPIs. I go into um, explanations and full analysis during like the ship showdown. It's just it, it's it's who I am. It's what I bring to the table. And so I think a monthly performance review is is necessary because you are an investor. It may not be money, but you're investing your time and your attention to the show and following on socials. So I feel a little bit of obligation, but it's also celebrating you in the community. So on Tuesday, I posted what you're seeing on the screen right now. Again, it's a great story. At the time of posting, we were at 1,978 plays on podcast, 211 subscribers on YouTube 589 followers on Twitter 484 followers on TikTok and then we don't really talk about Instagram because it's kind of a dying platform but 165 followers on Instagram but since then we've we've kind of um, well we've grown since then but at a higher rate than what we're used to so podcast podcast listens we're at 2091 as of today youtube subscribers 214 so we grew a little bit twitter we actually surpassed 600 we hit 611 as of this morning and then tiktok we surpassed 500 we're, we're right at 500 so i i wanted to i wanted to celebrate with you and this is kind of a two um there's kind of two reasons why I wanted to celebrate with you. The main reason, like 95% of it, is again the celebration. This is awesome. We're going to ride this wave straight into Con, straight into Pyro, um, which that's a whole funny conversation, which actually we'll get into like right now. But the other reason why I want to celebrate this um, is we have a lot of new listeners. So episode 26 last week was by far... Our most popular episode. Um, it has 150 listens in just one week, and, and that's that's significantly more than than before. So there's a couple of uh, assumptions that I'm making here. One, our show is growing. That they like what we're hearing. Um, are they like what we're saying? The um, maybe the culture, the community they, that, we're, that we're fostering is one of optimism and and, and positivity uh, with constructive criticism when it's necessary, of course. Uh, but I think a lot of it also has to do with this last week. We have a lot of converts. Converts from larger social media uh, content creators that have chosen to take a very negative pessimistic view on this game. And I'm going to dive into that. Let's go. Join me for a little bit as I go down this uh, this rabbit hole. I don't want to give too much clout to the negativity, but let me, let me meet some of these listeners halfway. Beyond the Verse podcast is not and will never be a white knight dying on a hill for CIG, nor... Will it ever adopt a full pessimism, I hate life, what am I doing as a content creator mentality as well? We believe right in the middle, the middle ground is where we and most other content creators should be. And the reason for that is there, there are obviously critical points in what CIG is producing and you're supposed to it is encouraged to have an opinion and and voice that opinion on all things social media that's the purpose of social media it's one thing however it's one thing to see the game for what it is and hate some of it or most of it and get frustrated of the 11 year alpha okay that's that's one thing and it's all fair we've supported that mentality since day one But it's another thing to purposefully and deliberately insert your opinion in other people's threads. So this last week happens, patch 321 drops in the PTU, the public test universe, and there is so much content being created about jump points and hints around certain vehicles and I even reposted. I was like, hey, back in July, we said on this show that we predict we'll see Pyro at the end of the year. We don't really know in what you know platform. Maybe it's PTU, maybe PU. But we'll see Pyro at the end of the year, maybe a test phase. And we will also get a date release of Squadron 42 during CitizenCon. And so I reposted that sentiment to kind of coalesce or coincide with that mentality and I stand by that I do I do stand by what I said back in July but I could I could say you know what doubtful it's never gonna happen game sucks CIG has lied to us before okay there's no fun in that why would you want to subscribe to that mentality and actively listen to that for an hour Right. Why would you do it? Um, in my personal opinion, there's a toxic mob mentality that will follow that concept. And and that's it is what it is. It happens. It's not it's not unique to Star Citizen. It happens in most games. But I'm, I, I don't believe that that is what is going to drive the latest and the newest followers and listeners of, you know, star citizen and this podcast. So, I join I joined the um, that mentality this past week. I submit things and man, like the amount of quote-unquote "copium" remarks or the quote-unquote "hopium" remarks blew my mind. They were inserting themselves into these positive motivational um tweets and saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're too much of a noob. You've only been following the game for three years and I've been following it for five years. I know what I'm talking about. You don't. Or quotes and misquotes of roadmap roundups of like, well, this is what they're saying. There's no way this is going to happen because this wasn't mentioned in a certain order at a certain time. Um, I'm, I'm not going to belabor this conversation too much longer. It happened... There was a divisive, like polarizing moment this past week. I feel that Beyond the Verse podcast is is on the right side of this season. <laughs> We're on the right side of this season. We're going to be. Uh, we're, wow we're gonna be optimistic and positive there you go we're gonna be positive going into citizen con we're gonna think that we're gonna give you know re- receive the world at citizen con all the free things we're gonna see the polaris and we're gonna see the galaxy and they're gonna launch the javelin i'm saying this out of kind of tongue-in-cheek but we're gonna go in very confident and we're gonna have the time of our lives Yet most of those negative content creators are also going to go to CitizenCon. And to be honest with you, good riddance. If we meet, I'm going to shake your hand as a professional and hey, we might even kick it off as really good friends. That's cool. But you're going to the same event as thousands and thousands that are actually wanting and enjoying and, and and wanting to dive into the news of this game, you're going to go so you can get information and things to share, to disprove and to disrupt what CIG is doing. And I can't respect that. I can't. And some of these content creators have the audacity to get mad at CIG for not including them in their Welcome to Citizen Join us in Citizen Con video that was published yesterday. They had the tenacity to come out and get upset about that. Why would CIG support and cultivate and foster a relationship with that kind of content creator? All right. I feel like I went on uh, on that conversation longer than I originally wanted to. Uh, I'm gonna stop there. I think, again, we are on the right side of this season. We're gonna go in to Q4 in a very, very positive, positive manner. So, here we go. To those converts, to my new listeners, Beyond the Verse podcast will always ride right in the middle. We will critique when it's necessary, but we will always follow up every single critique with evidence and a solution if it is proposed. So many times in the last 26 episodes, we have brought something up and then Tyler Witkins or Jake Acapella or Jared Huckabee uh, will come out and say, you know, something addressing it. And so we will, we will repeat it. We'll say, Hey, this was just released. This was just announced and we will continue to do so. That is the right answer as a content creator in my opinion. Alrighty, other business. Um, we do have a quote, and I actually didn't even pull this up. Um, I need to go ahead and pull it up real quick. On Spotify, so if you're listening to this podcast, every single episode we drop um, a QA and a and a poll. And we actually do have a message from our last episode. And again, I'm usually really good (laughs) at already having this pulled up so let me go to you know what's funny uh yeah here we go i was gonna just show it on my phone because i i know where it is on my phone all right let's go to screen share so on this last episode episode 26 we talked about the new uh, blockade runner it's the new global event it's actually replacing the nine tails lockdown and we asked what are your thoughts on nine tails lockdown and will you miss it once it's gone we did have one published comment um, from user well Willamar tex which by the way um the amount of like badness, <laughs> the, the amount of inability that I have to talk in Banu language or Xi'an language is the same challenge I have for reading usernames. So if I ever butcher your username, feel free to light me up on socials, I deserve it. Um, but Willomar Tex said, it's good that they change it. It was most of the time bugged, I am interested. So if you respond to the the Q&A, if you respond to any of the polls, if you write an email to me, or if you give us a five-star rating on any platform, um, obviously with a comment, we will read it live at the beginning of each show. And I agree with that sentiment. I never played Ninetales Lockdown. Um, Never touched it, right? What was the uh, Xeno Threat? Xeno Threat right now is my favorite global event. It's the most, it's like all-encompassing. Uh, there's a flying, there's an FPS, there's an EVA aspect to that uh, To that global event. Absolutely love it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what Blockade Runner is. I think Blockade Runner is going to be very similar to that full-spectrum uh, approach to a global event. It's got flying, it's got uh dog fighting. You will be going and having an FPS uh, chance to to put rounds down range. It's going to be a great great experience. Go check out episode 26 if you have more of an interest. <clears throat> excuse me, if you have more of an interest in what we just talked about. Okay. On October 1st, on October 1st, Concierge members at the Wow, what's what's the what is the ranking before Praetorian? And I don't want to do like a weird flex here. Um, so I am a Praetorian member, and I will never get into the amount of money that it took to to get there. Wing Commander, there we go. So Wing Commander uh, Concierge members and up received an email. I'm going to share my screen now received an email um that sparked a lot of interest so i'll just read it and i'll kind of explain um the subsequent activities or actions that took place afterwards here we go october 1st 2023 dear solace It's that special time of year when we come together to celebrate Star Citizen's birthday and, more importantly, the incredible community that has grown alongside us throughout this remarkable journey. As we draw closer to October 10th, we're excited to kick off the festivities with a glimpse of a legendary birthday gift flying your way. Stay tuned for details. We think you're going to have a blast with this one. Okay. in the image, in the image on the screen that you're seeing. And so for those of you on podcast, like right in the middle of the email, it looks like one of those images that you stare at long enough and it turns three dimensional, like at first glance, it's just a pattern. But if you like cross your eyes at a certain part of the screen, you know, a three dimensional uh, image will come in, in, in you know, into view. Um, so that's not what this is. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I, have, I spent many minutes you know, trying to do that, trying to look at it and try to um, get the 3D image to come out. So it's not one of those images. Uh, I don't even know what to call it or how, how to talk about it. Um, but long story short, other content creators were able to decipher that this is the FHC Lightning. And so the F 8C Lightning, if you're a Wing Commander, you get this as a flyable ship. Now, it's not, okay, it's not flyable. It's still in production. So it's not, you can't fly it yet, but it's in your hangar. And then when you become Praetorian, you get access to like the executive edition of it, which is just a black and gold uh, paint job for it. And in fact, I guess I could, I guess I could go ahead and show y'all on YouTube what we're talking about here. So if we go to concierge, let me go to, here, I'll share my screen. So in Praetorian, I don't wanna like ruin it yet. All right, here we go. Wing Commander the Anvil Aerospace F8C Lightning, few vehicles inspire the same awe as a legendary F8 Lightning, a force to be reckoned with. It's protected humanity countless times from countless threats at home and far from civilization. Now this next-generation space superiority fighter is available for your personal fleet. And when you become Praetorian, you get, um, I mean, you can kind of ignore the Apocalypse Arms, Havoc Scatter Guns, Shark Mouth Edition. You can kind of ignore that because that goes on any ship. Um, but the Executive Edition. So, Anvil F8C Lightning Executive Edition, always ready to improve upon near perfection. Anvil has coordinated with the Chairman's Club to create a stunning work of flying art, the FHC Lightning Executive Edition. The hull has been beautifully accentuated with a unique premium livery while in the cockpit you'll find sumptuous gold and metallic detailing, a fitting crown for this king of heavy fighters. So, again, it's a beautiful ship. If you're familiar with the F7 F7C? Super Hornet, whatever the super hornet nomenclature is. Um, it's a very fast, very agile, heavy fighter. I think the super hornet's actually a medium fighter. Ugh. I told my listeners I would not do this again. So I will go onto Robert Space Industries, I will go to the pledge store, I will go to the ships, and I will look up the super hornet. The Super Hornet is a medium fighter. See, I should just go. I should do it. Let's just go with my gut more often. Um, it is a beautiful ship. There's actually some lore to it. So, in an effort to keep up with the alien ships, um, Anvil Aerospace uh, went after and created a. Um, uh, a competition, a competitive level uh, fighter that could keep up with the alien ships. And so if you want to dive into that, of course, Galactopedia um, has all, all the information you could possibly imagine. So it's going to be beautiful. I can't wait for it. I'm going to go ahead and here's more copium. Here's, here's more positivity coming your way. I think it's going to be flyable. I think on R- R- RSI's birthday, I think it's going to be a flyable ship. And when that happens, I'll make a YouTube video. I'll make sure to share um, what that looks like from an executive edition library perspective. So pretty cool. Pretty exciting. So that was last week um, at the end of the podcast, 26, episode 26. Let's actually get into this week in Star Citizen. Sharing my screen for those of you on YouTube. Reading straight from the horse's mouth. Happy Monday, everyone. We're less than three weeks away from our biggest CitizenCon event yet, and the excitement is palpable. After four years, we can't wait to see you at the return of our in-person celebration of all things Star Citizen, and most importantly, you, the community. There are still some tickets available, so be sure to pick them up here before they run out. For everyone who can't make it out to L.A., you can still be part of the celebrations and enjoy the show live on twitch.tv forward slash star citizen. Pause. No, I'm actually going to finish this paragraph and then I'm going to pause. Quote, don't forget that you can also snag some swag in this year's digital goodies pack to help you best prepare for the show. We've put together a nifty pocket guide. More information on this upcoming epic two day event, including the event schedule, event map and more is just around the corner. So keep an eye out. All right. So this is what I was going to say when I, when I first broke, no changes to the pocket guide since last week. So last week, my criticism, quote unquote, of CIG was, look, we're three weeks out at the time, still don't know anything about CitizenCon, now we're two weeks out, still don't know crap about it. I know the team is now engaged in CitizenCon, most of the team has traveled to LA, the Inside Star Citizen was actually recorded from LA, um, I, I get it, I get it. We're two weeks away. I wanna be excited about something. Give me something. <laughs> My brother and I were talking last night while we were gaming um and it just uh th- i mean th- that's just a topic if if not the topic of conversation right now. We can surmise about pyro. We can surmise you know about squadron forty two and what's going to be discussed you know between now and the end of the year. Give us something to just write home about. We can start creating content for it. If they announced, hey, you know, there's going to be new ships, well, great. That gives us two weeks to surmise. That gives two weeks for content creators to pick apart the backlog and say, well, man, I wonder if it's this, I wonder if it's that. Um, Give us something to execute and watch the community do some amazing things in the next two weeks. So, yeah, I'm a little, whatever, still a little bit uh, concerned that we're two weeks out. Don't know anything more about it, but I'm sure later this week we'll hear more information now that the team, again, is currently engaged in Los Angeles. All right. Last Friday, Alpha 321 dropped to the PTU. Very cool. Um, I'm just kind of paraphrasing now at this point, obviously. Let's see what's going on this week. Tuesday, subscriber monthly newsletter and subscriber com link. Wednesday will be the day of developmental updates with our bi weekly roadmap update which we'll cover, as well as the September monthly reports for both Star Citizen and Squadron 42. We will not be covering that massive update for both games this episode, not this episode. On Thursday, Inside Star Citizen will be back. Uh, This was yesterday. We'll be back with a sprint report. And more, concluding the season before it takes its scheduled hiatus. Speaking of sprint, what would you run away? Uh, what would you run away from? That's right, a whole month of terror awaits as our day of the Vara—it's either Vera or Vara—celebrations begin. Wrapping up the week on Friday, you'll find our weekly RSI newsletter directly delivered to your inbox. There won't be an episode of Star Citizen live this week, but the stream will return next Friday so thanks Freja really do appreciate the weekly update there oh man okay the order of the rest of the podcast like I kept going back and forth the latest and greatest is the day of the Vara that was yesterday Uh, we got a lot of intel we will cover that but I think I want to go like sequentially um, appropriate to this week So we're gonna go into the subscriber promo. And I usually create this, one I did, I did create this awesome like, you know, 1920 by 1080 image on uh, social media. I put, you know, the list of items kind of summarizing the subscriber flair. So feel free, follow us on socials. You're going to get all that kind of real time. We usually release our content right as CIG is releasing their content. So personally, of course, they don't care about my production, (laughs) obviously, why would they? But I always try to create... A product either as good but my bar is performing better so I try to let me know in the comments below or on socials uh, if I'm succeeding or not but it's like a it's like an inner competition (laughs) that I have Uh, friendly in a professional way obviously Uh, they're professionals doing this and I am a simple content creator doing this but i loved this month's creation go check it out it's essentially this image that you're seeing on my screen um, with a bunch of modifications to the foreground and background and some other fun smoke and mirrors so super exciting all right let's go to the article It's spooky season in and out of the verse. To get in the spirit, we're giving subscribers the opportunity to embrace the horrors of a classic sci-fi vid with exclusive Lost Plague helmets. Plus, subs can pick at the decaying carcasses of dead ships across the system in October Ship of the Month. Drake's solo salvager is perfect for lone pilots looking to make a living on the edge of society. Just don't stray too far alone. So here you go. Lost Plague Helmet, so the Radioactive Yellow, that is for your current Centurion-level subscribers. Lost Plague Helmet, Biohazard Blue, that is current Imperator-level subscribers. And then for an additional $6, anybody can go to the subscriber store and buy the Lost Plague Helmet Explosive Orange helmet. Um, and I think I think they're using just a general uh, undersuit. These don't come... With undersuits, to be very clear, it's literally just the helmet. Um, but it's it, it's really cool. I mean, I I like the aesthetics. It's like Event Horizon, like uh, you even want like a scary thing in space. Event Horizon's my shtick, love it. Um, but it's very. Um, I mean, it does look like a biohazard helmet. And then on the right side of each of these helmets is like. Um, it's like I don't want to be like gross here on podcast but it's like um blood gore kind of some biological mass growing out of the head so whatever do with that what you will but it's really with like blood smeared on the mask and on the face um the breathing apparatus I love the cosmetics I'm not like a weird um person that likes the blood and gore like that's not my thing but i think overall kind of the goth look or kind of that um that visual uh, identity going into halloween is absolutely spot on it's absolutely perfect so i love this month's subscriber flair um, ships. We already talked about the vehicle of the month being the Drake Vulture. So every subscriber gets to fly this around this year or this this month. Um, a couple of uh, items on discount. Uh, subscriber merchandise discount. Going through here very quickly. Uh, the Drake uh, Collared Button Up. Right. Uh, You got some house slippers of Pico, the penguin, backpacks and bags. Actually, this might be, this is actually a really good call out. There's a travel bag. Uh, There's like a backpack, the zip cord backpack, then an actual hard case backpack, and it looks like a travel case, which might be perfect for citizen kind. It's 10% off while items are lasting. Uh, New items are 10% off while existing items are 15% off. So there you go. Moving on, a shaker for alcoholic beverages. Um, a shirt that I would probably never be seen caught dead in. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's almost like a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, I don't know what brand or what ships. No, go back. I don't know what ships these are. It almost looks like the 600i, but then some of these other ships. Like It doesn't look origin to me. Anyways, it's like a Hawaiian-looking shirt. It's blue with a bunch of ships on it. Not my style. Um, and then you got coffee mugs from Origin Jumpworks. Very cool. So there you go. I, again, the cosmetics going into Halloween, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, this is my time of the year, which, by the way, a little bit of personal personal aside here. Last weekend, I decorated the crap out of my house. So I've got Jack from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I got that up. It's like a seven-foot... You know, animatronic that's in the front of my house. I have that. I have black lights everywhere. I've decorated with black cobwebs, um, dying trees with spider ornaments hanging. Like, like this is, this is my time to shine. I let myself kind of die from like a holiday perspective when I was in college, and of course, twelve years in the military. But after having kids, son is seven years old, daughter is four years old. After having kids, I am living vicariously through them and going like balls to the wall <laughs> with with decorations is what I'm trying to do to provide for them. So this is my season. I, I cannot wait for the rest of this month straight into Thanksgiving, straight into Christmas, and then my birthday's in January, so it's just nonstop from here on out. Back to Star Citizen. Okay, like I said, there were three or four updates on the PTU's 321 patch notes. I have pulled the latest. So this is this is the latest and greatest. I didn't see value in going all the way back to Friday. There was, again, the two announcements on Friday. I didn't want to go all the way back there. This is as, as of October 4th, so Wednesday, from Wakapedia, developers from CIG. Here we go. This is important, this actually lays the foundation for the rest of this podcast okay so much information alpha patch 321 has been released to the ptu and is now available to test patch should show crap load of numbers it is strongly recommend that players delete their user not yada 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 it's the same verbiage for every single patch update The audience is for all backers. Database reset, yes, right? That's important. Database reset, yes. Long-term persistence, enabled. Pledge copy, enabled. You're starting UEC, 15 million. So you're pretty good to go when you switch over to the PTU. The testing focus, new jump point rest stop stations and LaGrange points, huge namesake of today's episode. We will get into that. New legal illegal mission: retrieve consignment. Finally, we've been talking about retrieve consignment for the last four or five episodes. New illegal mission: Korea steal evidence. Now that is new. I've never seen that up to this point in the roadmap roundup. Korea steal evidence. Interesting. I knew there were updates in Arena Commander for security post Korea, I was not aware of a still evidence. All right. Repel raid on Orison, new crusader platforms, and then updates to the driver remote turret quality of life. I'm not going to get into the known issues, whatever, but here's, here's a really good segue uh, into the Lagrange points. So here we go. Locations, new jump point rest stop stations in Lagrange points, addition of three additional rest stops to Stanton that act as the final stop before entering jump points. Each location is set up similarly to all other Lagrange points, and consists of a parent gas cloud, a smaller child gas cloud, a gateway rest stop, and structures leading to the jump point itself. It is important to note that jump points are currently non-functional in 321, as Stanton is the only available system at this time and right now. These three new stations with jump points that leave the Stanton system are the Pyro Gateway, the Magnus Gateway, and the Terra Gateway. Pause. To kind of bring up the beginning of the podcast, if you're one of those pessimistic, I hate life content creators, here's where you say... Oh, they're just copying and pasting pre-existing orbital stations and throwing it into a a, a, a rendering of clouds. And you're excited about that? (laughs) Coming back to normal uh, positivity. Hell yes, I'm excited about it. These are absolutely stunning, stunning images. And, and this is a really good segue. We're gonna show you a video from one of my uh, really good friends over on social media. We're about to show you something. Um, it, it's about two, two and a half minutes. We're gonna be looking at some things and pausing and going through some level of reaction. Uh, but yes, absolutely. Not only is it additional places and things for me and the organization and friends to go check out and explore and role play, it's also one of the final steps, aesthetically, cosmetically, that needed to be done before you could fly out to pyro. Everything else is on the back end. Everything else is tech. We can get into all the nonsense coming out uh, in three in, in 321 uh, that we're not seeing. We don't actually experience as gamers. We can debate um, that with other content creators who don't have any experience in development. So we can totally debate that but cosmetically some of the biggest steps have been made to introduce pyro another example of why let's just let's just take the positive route (laughs) let's just get excited and let's get into um, the next phase of star citizen so let me fire up this video and real quick i want to make sure i get all of their information correct so Here we go. Stand by. Oh, good Lord. I went on Twitter and I'm, I say blowing up. It's been, this has been a good week. (laughs) This has been a really good week. Okay. Here we go. Going back to sharing my screen and we're actually going to go to full screen when we show the video because it is that worth it. So, my friend Esper in Space, you can follow them on Twitter at King Esper. And then their YouTube video is forward slash King Esper Comics. Highly recommend you go over to this individual um, and their show and their YouTube video. Um, we follow each other. Good product, and you're about to see one of their products. Um, Actually, right now. Let's get into it. So this is a video that they created called A Journey to the Nebulas. And I'm just going to play it for those of you on YouTube. And for those of you um, that are listening on podcasts, I will pause periodically and kind of explain what we're looking at. But this is absolutely worth every second that we're about to spend on it because, I mean, it's the future. It's the future of role playing. It's the future of transportation. Transportation. Simple transit uh, in this game from one system to another—it's going to be insane. So here we go. Let me fire everything up. I'm going to put y'all on complete full screen because again, I think it's worth it. And let's get into it now. Alrighty, So it looks like uh, it looks like they took. Looks like they took a uh, an Origin six hundred I out to view these, which it's it's one of the best explorative um, vehicles in the game. That that view you get from like the captain quarters, that bed with that panoramic like window, stunning. So probably the best ship to take out when you're exploring these three new jump points. But this first one, uh, jump point Terra, uh, and, and they even did the due diligence of. Stating that the system was charted in 2516, so I will always be a fan of the additional lore that gets dropped in in these efforts. So thanks for that. But here is the first um, the first jump point called Terra, and so as you see, like like this is it's more than just it's more than just what you you heard on the uh, patch notes. You have this parent cloud and a child cloud, but this. This, like, triggers my (laughs) thalassophobia. I even made a a tweet about that a couple of days ago. Like, I watch these videos, and I see these images of these jump points, and I have, like, legitimate (laughs) thalassophobia. Like, if you don't know what that is, it's, like, the, the... It's a phobia for, like, deep and endless dark spaces, usually oriented with, like, water, right? So, um... But for me, it's just it's funny because I was part of the dive team in Special Forces. as part of the dive team, like I, you would think that I would have been able to kick that yet to this day uh, it's still, it still bothers me. <laughs> but like these images of being around total darkness but seeing this huge mass that you're flying close towards uh, blows my freaking mind. So as you get closer to the jump point, you're starting to see debris and like maybe some broken up asteroid, but you're also seeing the orbital stations. So I'm going to go back just a couple of seconds here, maybe 10 seconds. So this first orbital station looks like, let me pause it. The first orbital station almost looks like something you would see when uh, flying into um, Orison. Right, so you're coming through Oris and you're seeing the gas cloud and you see like a bunch of these that are like interconnected around the space station. That's kind of what you're seeing here. So it's an orbital station. It's Everest Harbor. It's, um, wow, like every time, <laughs> Seraphim Station. I was going to say Port Olisar, Seraphim Station. Like you're seeing these kind of um, scattered throughout the nebula or the gas cloud then as you get closer, you start seeing, um, like advertisements. Uh, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to let this play out a little bit more fluidly after I say this comment, but my brother did call out, I, you know, I, I don't really understand why there's advertisements and so much dunnage as you get closer to the jump point. And, you know, I, I told him, and I thought it was a good conversation. I told him like, this is just like a highway. I think about driving from austin, Texas to Dallas, Texas. You take a thoroughfare right i thirty five which oh good Lord, I would rather not um but i thirty five all the way to uh all the way to dallas um but at, you you see gas stations right you see gas stations and like checkpoints um but you see billboards all over the place, and it's because you're going in transit, and that's the way you know marketing happens while you're driving well why would that not be the case in space 900 years into the future i don't know it's it's a good conversation it's it's a good it's a good debate but you're going to see a lot of marketing assets going into these jump points let's continue the video um and again for my podcast listeners feel free to watch this over on youtube i might stay quiet for the next couple of minutes just so we can get through some of the uh you know the cosmetics here This is so well done. This is so well done. Um, shout out to my friend. So we just left that jump stage or that jump point. We're about to go to another one. But you'll see completely different styles of jump points. And so again, I, I told you I'll just play this out. I can't just let it play out. <laughs> Look at this compared to other games. How many times in other games are jump points or something similar a copy and paste? Here you're seeing three very distinct, very different jump points, right? So the first one, I think it was Terra. The first one was Terra. You saw how that was and how I described it. You're about to come to, and I think this might be Pyro. I could be wrong. I'll correct it whenever we start playing it, but this is a kind of a tan, gold, and green um, gas cloud. So it looks completely different. Not Magnus. So it's the Magnus Jump Point, charted in twenty-four ninety-nine. So this looks like a like a circular swirl of browns and blues and greens, with like the center of it being like what triggers my thalassophobia. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning. So then it almost looks like lightning is happening. It's uh, like lightning is happening in the cloud. But then through the cloud, you're seeing a little bit of the orbital station. There's the asteroid dunnage or debris. here's pyro oh my god okay so so that was so, so again thank you for that um that was a very quick glimpse into that jump point but here is jump point pyro this was the first jump point that was um i'd say leaked produced this at least, at least that i saw um at the beginning of the week this is stunning so imagine like a Column of blackness, like just straight up and down, a column of blackness. Where on the left side to the viewer, the left side is like fire, and you know, and I'll say fire, it looks like fire, it's orange and it's like lightning inside the orange cloud. And on the right side of the column or pillar of blackness is blue, it's like fire and ice. So you have this diptych or dichotomy of like orange and blue, and you're gonna see it kind of mirroring. Like I I thought angelic. Like the way I describe this is like angelic. It almost looks like you know, wings sprouting from underneath the pillar and on top of the pillar. This is absolutely, absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. Then as you get closer, it just... God, it looks amazing. There's that black pillar at the bottom of the screen. It's frightening. (laughs) That's what it is. It's frightening. In fact, I think this is the image that I tweeted um, that triggered my thalassophobia. So the chain of Orbital Station and, um, like I said, the actual jump point itself... It's like literally in blackness. <laughs> it's like no stars, no stars around it. It's just blackness. Mm. Beautiful. So it looks like most of the jump points or all three jump points are kind of similar in the way that it's, um, like the orbital station. Well, it's the destroyed asteroid. Let me pause it real quick. It's like the destroyed asteroid. You got to fly through. It's like other Lagrange sites. It's a destroyed asteroid. You fly through, then it's the orbital station. And then you get into these billboards you're seeing on my screen now. It says like leaving United empire of earth jurisdiction, entering pyro. So there's like signage, like you would see in a highway, so again, I think it's I think it's very well done. They could have they could have made this super uh, transactional, but this is an experience to go from one system to another. Esper in space, YouTube.com at Esper Comics. Uh, let me just make sure. I think as Esper space, no, oh, at Esper space. So YouTube.com forward slash at Esper space. If I ever use your content, I will make sure I will obsess over making sure that I have the right information. You deserve it. <laughs> as the, as the content creator I'm taking from, you deserve the citation. All right. Man, that that video, seeing the jump points like that, that, that's reason enough to get exciting or, you know, to get excited. Okay. Let's forget that Pyro might not come out before Christmas. Okay, fine. I just want to get in the PTU for the first time ever. I usually am anti-PTU, you know, an alpha for an alpha. <laughs> I'm usually against it. I would consider getting into the PTU if I didn't think 321 is right around the corner to come into the pu Mm. love it so there we go there is your kind of long um alpha 321 patch updates that's a good segue into the roadmap roundup and then we'll get into the day of the vara and then we will finish up with inside star citizen so roadmap roundup here we go i usually skip all the narrative uh feel free to go in and read the narrative yourself but here we go um alpha 321 we're talking new crusader platforms uh, adding three new points of interest in crusaders atmosphere providing new locations for missions and loot new missions retrieve consignment a new mission type where players are tasked with locating critical items and consignment lists then safely extracting them New missions steal evidence. And they even call out this is a new, this is a new addition. So new missions steal evidence. A criminal mission type where players are tasked with infiltrating security post Korea and stealing files from Crusader Security for a hefty payout. Sounds like fun for me. Crusader A1 Spirit. We already knew that was coming, but building, balancing and implementing Crusader Industries' light bomber, the A1 Spirit into the game. And so Because of the push for 321, they've changed the nomenclature for the 320.x items. So everything that we've been discussing that was like future 320 is now moved into the 321.x. So you're going to hear a lot of repeats um, that were in 320x, now it's 321x. So here we go. Alright, I referenced it a couple of minutes ago, but the tech on the back end that's required to make pyro happen, like 4.0 happen, one of the one of the last tech advances is coming in 321. 321 X. It's the replication layer update. I'm gonna read this verbatim. It's important because it, it leads into server meshing. Replication layer update. Over the course of the 3.21 patch cycle, the replication layer will be moved off of the game's servers and set up as its own standalone service. In the short term, this allows for greater server recovery in the event of a crash. This is also a critical next step towards server meshing. Our current goal is release Alpha 3.21.0 ahead of launching the preview channel with the replication layer update. Once this preview channel comes online, it will run in parallel to our live servers. Once we feel the replication layer work is reliable, we'll migrate it over to the live servers in a 321.x patch. You can expect to learn more about the preview channel and its critical role in bringing new technologies online soon. Long story short, and I'm making this very simple on purpose, Um, I'm not gonna pretend like I work at CIG. I'm not gonna pretend like I know the ins and outs of everything, but what I can do is relate it to other gaming industry terminology. So level of detail, when you talk about a game rendering, you're you're walking in Star Citizen and you see a mountain extremely far away, does it need to be rendered? How much rendering does it need? you probably don't need every single thing about that mountain to be rendered, right? Because you're so far away. As you get closer to the mountain, the level of detail, the level of detail will start to become rendered. So that's when you have LOD zero, LOD one, LOD two. These are levels of detail that is needed for rendering. Think of it in the same way, replication layer, Preview channel, it, it, it's almost as if um, it's saving like the instance for a player um, in that kind of smaller cloud, right? So you don't have to save the entire server, the entire server across 45 freaking planets, like that, that doesn't necessarily need to happen. So, in terms of a crash, what they're saying is they're centralizing, they're focusing um these these layers replication layers uh, to be able to do more with less I'm gonna stop there I'm sure a developer is more than welcome to come on the show and explain better <laughs> I welcome it um but I think that's a good way of kind of thinking about a very complex technology. Moving on, vehicle tractor beams. Implementing tractor beams attached to ships, either remote operated or a turret like attachment. This allows players to move and tow bigger objects, including other ships. Tumbril Storm. Building, implementing, and balancing Tumbril's light tank, the Storm, as a game ready vehicle. Crusader C1 Spirit. Building, balancing, and implementing Crusader Industries' small multi crew cargo ship, the C1 Spirit, into the game. And the Argo SRV tugboat. <laughs> Building, implementing, and balancing Argo's tugboat, the SRV as a game-ready vehicle. Obviously, you need vehicle tractor beams in order for the Argo SRV to be relevant. So those had to happen simultaneously. So there you go. Roadmap Roundup, I think there's some really awesome things here. It does pave the way on a back-end technological aspect, but we're also getting some pretty cool stuff. The vehicle tractor beams. One of the ships that I keep forgetting has a tractor beam, is the Origin 315 Papa. Like I keep forgetting that it has a tractor beam on it. How cool is that? But like the the idea of uh, implementing and enhancing that experience from like a, a larger perspective than just your your handheld tractor beam, looking forward to it. Let's go. I think I think we're really over time here. So we're going to get into Day of the Vara and we will get into Inside Star Citizen and wrap it up. Here we go. I love, like I said earlier in the podcast, all things Halloween. So Day of the Vara is right up my alley. I absolutely love this. Let's get into the lore. I'm sharing my screen for those of you on YouTube. Um, here's the lore. What the hell happened to the Vara? It was early in the morning on October 27th, 2557, when communication between the Red Or system and an exploration vessel called the Vara mysteriously stopped. Mere hours after the ship's captain, Tiziphone good lord, <laughs> Tizaphone Tizaphone, Heptane, had sent her initial impressions of ominous ruined alien cities in the then-recently-discovered Hades system search and rescue teams dispatched the next day along with countless expeditions since failed to locate any wreckage or remains of the vara until now and there's videos of you know again i think event horizon but there's like videos of going to this desolated decrepit ship and there's like i don't know they're walking like zombies but these like i don't know uh plagued Uh, astronauts are walking around with fire and biohazard everywhere. Uh, It just has that ambience. So here's another image. Could these chilling images actually be from the last transmission of the doomed Vara? What unimaginable horrors did the crew encounter in the Hades system? Phantoms of the past. The haunting legacy of this phantom ship lives on today in public festivals adorned with black and green decorations and in private gatherings to honor the dead some celebrants dress up as people who have passed away while others wear more outlandish costumes and swap scary stories especially pertaining to mysterious incidents in space join us as we revel in the thrills chills and (laughs) malevolent good lord mystery of the season don't be scared now we didn't mean to frighten you prematurely So there's the lore. I'm going to stop there. So yeah, nothing's more terrifying (laughs) than all of this happening in space. Oh man. Again, thalassophobia. It'd be like uh, if any of this happened like in submarines down in the ocean. Same concept in my mind. So here's what you can expect from the day of the Vara. And I keep going back between Vera and Vara. I got to pick one and stay with it here we go updates to arena commander so arena commander uh has some overlays uh or a theme that's been added that's uh it it makes the enemy skeletons so it's literally called them bones skeletons invade arena commander femur i barely know her from October 19th until November 2nd, Arena Commander's gun rush mode gets totally spooky and super scary as all the player models have been replaced with terrifying skellies. Got a bone to pick? Log in and sternum if you got them. <laughs> Alright, uh, a gruesome twosome. So we have the ghoulish green paint scheme. We're adding two ships, the Corsair and the Cutter. Now I have the ghoulish green. So absolutely beautiful. It's like a metallic... Metallic green, so obviously reflective, and it looks great, great, great up in space. Um, you can now loot boxes to get scary helmets. So, and if you get all nine, you get a badge. It's really cool. And I, I don't know why I do that. Let me just read the article. <laughs> uh, tricks and treats find scary surprises all over Stanton. Until November 1st, players have the chance to get the jolt of their lives when opening loot containers across Stanton. Find the coveted Van Duel Hill Horror and fieldsbury dark bear helmets and add them to your creepy collection if you survive the shock that is what's more players who manage to secure all nine horrific helmets including both versions of the neville lot and all six dark bear variants will also earn a super scary spectrum badge you can find those i have intel you can find those in red boxes and white boxes on mining facilities and places around Stanton. All right, two community contests. There's a community contest for carving a pumpkin, and there's a community contest for creating a 60-second video that's celebrating the Day of the Vara. Paraphrased, obviously. Okay, now we've got, this is Venomous Vessels. I actually don't know the background of like how they select these nine vehicles um but the day of the vara nine vehicles are the buccaneer the caterpillar corsair cutlass black the cutter the dragonfly black the herald which is going to be big and data running the mule and the vulture and then limited time paints the group of uh the group of paints i think it's eight one two three four five six seven eight yes, so the eight ships. Let me open it up and count. Uh, one, one two three four. Good lord, one two three four five six seven eight nine. See, that's why that's why I open it up and do this. Nine paints is forty-two dollars and twenty-five cents. So there you go. So that's the pack. Or you could go through each individual of the nine ships and buy some are $5, some are $11. I think the most expensive one I saw was like, well, I guess eleven. Cheapest one's five. Most expensive one is eleven. And then you can actually go in and purchase limited time extras. It looks like there's a couple starter packs. Uh, there's a concierge pack for I guess the nine ships. If you want to get all nine ships as actual ships. Um, and then you got the helmets that you can buy as a group or individually. So again, one of my favorite times of the year. I went ahead and bought the Fieldsbury Dark Bearer helmets. Will I ever use them. I don't know if I'm role playing or if, if I'm taking screenshots or videos, uh, for content maybe, but these things are huge. These bear helmets are like, I don't know. They're, 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 bigger than your shoulders or they're wider than your shoulders. So to give you kind of a, a visual image, if you're on podcast, all right, hot and heavy, let's go. Let's wrap this thing up with inside star citizen, the sprint talk. Yai. So reading the article, and then we'll get into the video. While the teams are preparing for CitizenCon, we're taking this opportunity to dig through their review folders to show off some features we can discuss without spoiling the big event in this last Inside Star Citizen episode of the season. Here we go. Let me get into my downloads folder. Let's get into Inside Star Citizen. Pause it before we go live all right, here we go. This is a good one. I've enjoyed this. I also went on to the YouTube video and posted in the comments, the chapters. So if there's something that you want to go and look at yourself, um, go onto this, this video in YouTube. And again, look at my comments in their section and you'll see each chapter broken out. So let's go. This is going to audibly sound a little strange for those of y'all on podcast, because again, a reminder, they're in L.A. So there's a couple funny moments where other co-workers come in and interrupt Jared. Um, again, you might hear it on podcast, but it's it doesn't make as much sense as if you're watching it.
1: So, yeah, I'm back in L.A. Everything's. The same, kind of weird, kind of different. Um, I don't have my studio anymore. I'm pretty sure they turned it into an Airbnb. There was a family of four in there when I looked. Um, but yeah, ISC. Normally, we'd be on hiatus right now, it's October. But since everyone is focused on CitizenCon right now, nobody's really paying attention to what we're doing over here. Um, I, think, I think we can actually squeeze a, a sprint report. Into things, if that'd be the sort of thing you're kind of interested in. Now, if you've forgotten what a sprint report is, um, that's a bit different than a normal ISC. We don't do developer interviews. We don't, uh, the ISC gameplay capture team doesn't create any footage. Uh, we literally, and when I say we, I mean me, we dig into the development review folders that are, you know, internal, uh, that are just meant to kind of update everybody internally on where they are on something, uh, and we pull those and present them to you uh, with me telling you, giving you a little context about what you're looking at. Uh, it's not in 4K, uh, it's not professionally created, uh, nobody when they made this stuff thought it would ever be seen publicly, uh, but, uh, it's as true and as honest and as, uh, behind the scenes an update as we ever do. So, yeah, uh, without further ado, let's do Sprint Report, uh, pre-CitizenCon edition, the stuff we can talk about that isn't going to spoil the big events in two weeks. So let's start things off with a look at continuing work on the ship trespass system now ship trespass
0: So those of you listening on podcast a warning pops up that says quote Warning private property enter at own risk
1: Is the seemingly simple system that will dramatically affect pvp in the verse by correctly determining and setting hostility for uninvited guests What you're seeing here is one player boarding a ship that is not their own. And of course, receiving a warning indicating they're unlawfully entering the ship. This makes them hostile as well as fair game for anyone else on board to attack without gaining a crime stat of their own. While the intruder will become be crime-statted the very moment hostilities break out. Go where you're not supposed to be and risk the consequences. And yes, this also accounts for you as the ship owner following the intruder back to their ship where you'll be able to hunt them without fear of getting a crime stat yourself.
0: Which that's that was news to me. I didn't realize that you could do that. So just repeat what Jared just said. Um, you can follow. So if somebody comes into your ship uh, it receives a crime stat, you can attack them without getting a crime stat. You can also follow them onto their ship but not receive a crime stat yourself. That's going to be interesting to see come to fruition. Like it sounds like a lot of parts in that process could break. <laughs> uh like it could get confused. Like I see a lot of people going onto other people's ships and getting a crime stat. Um anyways, but we'll see. But yes, that that is a very cool concept one that I had not heard of before this Inside Star citizen.
1: And you also may notice that the ship owner gets no notification at all. For intruders, your presence is no longer spoiled by automatically joining a comms channel. If the owner of this test doesn't see you, they won't have any indication you're there, at least until scanners and some such come into play later down the line. And as you can see, ship trespass also extends to vehicles and ships as well. So don't go docking somewhere without asking for permission first. Meanwhile, the EU landing zone two team is continuing their work on extending the new player experience to new Babbage with some new navigational signage. You can see here a lot of news there.
0: Yes, please. Cause if you go to new Babbage, there is signage that is crooked. I'm not the first to notice. I promise you. Uh, but yeah, there needs to be an overhauling of the airport signage. Is what that's called. The airport signage, um, and the signage that's on the walls so in this little screen grab that I have right here top left hanging from the ceiling that's called airport signage but the signage on the right on the wall that's what you find crooked throughout New Babbage it's crazy
1: as well as adding a few new shops along the critical path to facilitate a better first experience for players like this Kelto you can see here Kelto Kelto I blame board gamer for this and the eu pu team has made some changes to beams tractor and salvage alike that will now allow for independent operation on vehicles like the vulture you see here this will allow users to mix and match tractor and salvage beams for simultaneous yet independent control via dual sticks or gamepad and provide for more dynamic use cases as resource gathering systems continue to develop Not you too, Dev. Hey, Can espresso? Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is one of those moments that Hi. he's being interrupted. They, think they can make an espresso for us. That was nice.
1: Oh yes. Uh, and since many of you are looking forward to,
0: <laughs> I didn't think they to do it right there. They're making his espresso during well, his many recording. Many of you are <laughs>
1: looking forward to further iteration on Bounty Hunting let's keep our tour of potential gameplay changes to ships going with the Anvil Hawk. Now, one of our team members on the EU vehicle content team recently completed a first pass sprint revisiting the Hawk to explore a potential new methodology for loading and unloading what I'm just going to affectionately call the Wanted Fugitive and Stasis Cargo Containers, or wiff for short. The idea being that once you've captured and contained your prey in the with and set it down behind the ship, this articulating arm would then come out and using the power of electromagnetism, suck the into its grasp and pull it up inside the vehicle.
0: It's a really awesome animation. It's the anvil Hawk um, and it's showing' uh, it's showing like the the prisoner cell. it's like a coffin. it's like a levitating coffin if you want to kind of have that image. Like an arm comes out and grabs the levitating coffin and pulls it into uh, its compartment. So, again, for those of you not watching on YouTube, hopefully that helps. Yeah. All this for the the width
1: looks pretty good. (laughs) Alright, so it should be noted that the wanted fugitive and stasis cargo container is something I made up about 55 seconds ago. Uh, and it's not been vetted or approved by any member of development staff. But I feel good about my chances. So let's go ahead and stick with vehicles for a bit and look at the old tried and true freelancer, which is getting some work done to fit all of its necessary item components in ahead of the resource management system coming down the road.
0: It is so good to see progress being made on an older ship. So you've got like the Misk hull a the C, um, you've got like misc has its updated interiors but the misc freelancer still looks i mean it looks decrepit it looks horrible <laughs> um relative to its newer ships so i love the fact that they're going to a dinosaur of a spaceship and making it look better
1: meanwhile elwynn and our north america vehicle.
0: yes okay <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited for this. The next ship is the, uh, the X one, the origin X one. This thing is sexy. It is like, if you're into motor, um, uh, if you're into motorcycles, like the BMW, like their premium, like racing bike and how sleek and like, sexy that ship looks or that motorcycle looks, this is their kind of version of, um, like a speeder, a speeder bike. It's very Star Wars-esque in in concept, but the visuals, it's very origin, but the visuals are amazing. Now, Galactica will look at this ship and think like a shark. There are others that say that it looks like a bottle opener. (laughs) I'm curious what you think this ship closely resembles. That will be this episode's Q&A in the Spotify app
1: content team have recently completed a first-pass sprint bringing the Origin X1 to life, which you can see here is undergoing just a few minor changes from its concept necessitated by continuing development of the vehicle component and resource management systems. Now, while this is still white box, that hasn't stopped the team from also visualizing some baked in lighting improvements. And overall, even with the subtle shape changes, the X1 is looking fantastic in its white box form and will only continue to look even better as it progresses further down the pipeline towards release.
0: Okay, how do you get in? I think somebody else said the same thing on social media, but how do you, how do you get into the bike? I don't, my brain's not computing. we've
1: also got a brief look inside the white box progress of the rsi apollo medevac which is currently in production
0: this looks so good so it's doing a rendering or a um a rotational outside view of the apollo so it's the white box so you're seeing literally the white and as it goes into the ship you're going down into the corridor well actually that was optical illusion you're actually going through the corridor but it looks really good again this is a medical uh evacuation medevac uh ship but it, it looks first off it's more it's larger than i thought it was going to be but it looks like a really well done layout and honestly it looks like it could be like a clinic it actually looks like a medevac type um building or infrastructure
1: and I still think the Apollo exterior looks too damn cool to be a space ambulance. John, Ben, I'm gonna need a, 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 a fighter or, 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 or a smuggler variant of the Apollo. And no, if you're thinking that's a hint or anything, it's not. It's just me abusing my platform and position to make a personal request. Let's talk about the Santok yai We haven't talked about the Santok yai in a while. You can see here the alien material work continues to iterate as members of the NABC continue to develop the resources our Xi'an friends would likely use to build their ships from.
0: Guys, this looks so good. Uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Jared say it for like for everybody, but um, like the details. But this has come around so much. The alien ships have so much potential in its current state. I am not a fan of the alien ships, but they're has been like youtube videos from star citizen there has been youtube videos showing like the next iteration of alien ships and what like um what like the blade is going to look like um in the next phase uh the glaive you know some of these other ships they're going to have a more sinister dark aggressive look this has um Well, again i don't want to ruin the next couple of seconds but it just has a very uh like carbon fiber look to it through
1: the use of a variety of material maps they're hoping to land on what's essentially an alien version of carbon fiber we should add lots of nice detail to the exterior and then add a pearlescent finish that'll really make it shine in the light
0: so good the color scheme reminds me of the latest videos on the Bonnie Merchantman. So gold, gold and greens and grays. We've also got a quick look at the back of the wings. I didn't really care so much about like the wings, but the engine compartments, compartment like, thrusters the topic, look really good,
1: which you might remember from our alien week update has been a bit of a challenge to get right. Wanting, of course, to give it that alien uniqueness while still being usable by the hands of humans and zero state alike
0: it looks good almost like the misk uh, the misk fury it's like a round while ball we're talking about the santokyai
1: did you know that we have an entire team dedicated to branding over in the montreal studio we've rarely touched on it but Nick Forden and his team over there are dedicated to developing the individual visual identities of Star Citizen's several hundred internal persistent universe brands, including this look at the brand document of Apoa, maker of the Santokyai we just looked at. (sighs) Really tied that together. Now, some folks might write branding off as simply marketing, but the work of this team has been essential to recent improvements to Hurston and Area 18 and New Babbage you just saw, allowing artists and designers alike to create consistent and immersive identities for each location. And as this work extends to nearly every aspect of the verse, it'll continue to help define and refine all visual elements you'll encounter as citizens making your way through Stanton, Pyro, and beyond. I'm going to need like a, yeah, yeah.
0: He's being interrupted again.
1: (laughs) Right now? All right, I'll be there in five minutes. (laughs) All right, so I got to go do this thing, but Chad is right here. So I'm going to let Chad explain this new improvement that's coming to the cargo system in Alpha 321. Take it
2: away, Chad. Yeah, so I was doing some work for the tractor beam attachment. With the new larger boxes in the game, they are often these longer on one size size boxes. And because of how they can fit together in the ship, across each other in all these kind of complicated ways, sometimes placing them in the ships is a bit tricky and it can be a little finicky to get it just right, especially in tight corridors with, with larger boxes. And so I was adding some new functionality into the system so that whenever you're placing them around, if the direct placement underneath the attachment doesn't work, there's some fallback logic that'll look by nearby where the placement is to try to find a good placement for the box so that it makes it uh, essentially more forgiving whenever you're using the tractor beam. In the ships with these larger boxes, you can place it such that maybe it's just a little bit off the thing that would work, and instead of just not giving you anything as far as like placing it, it'll give you another fallback option. And all that really means is that it is a little bit easier and quicker and more intuitive just to drag things around in the ships and get things together.
1: Just a little bit. This is going to be a life changer, dude. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, this stuff, this is like I spent, this is what killed me on, I mean, just this whole packing system and the tractor beam stuff. This is like, I nearly died the whole c um getting it in because it's it is incredibly sophisticated code for this stuff it's like i literally read a phd thesis on on unpacking algorithms (laughs) implement it um which is really fun it's just the time scale that suddenly i had to (laughs) operate under because of circumstances out of my control uh made it very uh intense but uh it is very cool like the stuff that i was doing it so i'm excited about it
1: and we're hopeful this goes into 321.
2: Uh, this, this functionality, yeah.
1: So yeah, that's the Sprint Report. Hope you liked it. Uh, I'm gonna disappear now. Uh, we'll be back in about two weeks for CitizenCon, then now two-day event on October 21st and 22nd, emanating from the Los Angeles Convention Center. Uh, until then, be sure you check out uh, Alpha 321, which is currently on the PTU available for testing. Um, I-, I haven't seen a whole lot of it because I've been traveling but there are a lot of people really uh, jumping at the chance to uh, point out some new things that weren't in the patch notes. For Inside Star Citizen, I'm Jared Huckabee. Thanks for letting us share the process of game development with you, and we'll see you in about two weeks in CitizenCon.
0: Make sure I come off mute this time. Um, (laughs) Last episode, I forgot to come off mute and had the voiceover. Yeah, uh, man, it was a great Insight Star Citizen for for what it was. I mean, again, when you're deployed, um, when you're mobile, (laughs) when you're mobile and you're like on the road, it's really hard to do some of these things. I remember... Back when I was DMing for the Natural Ones D&D, I remember going on work trips and doing it from a hotel, right? Like like running a virtual session in Dungeons & Dragons uh, is very difficult to do on the road. I'm 100% sure that Jared uh, had to overcome some barriers to get that out. And so I, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. That was the last Inside Star Citizen before Citizen CitizenCon, just to repeat that piece. So next week there won't be an ISC to go through, uh, so probably a shorter episode next week. But next week will also be like the last episode of Beyond the First Star Citizen before Citizen Con. maybe, maybe I might actually throw something together the Thursday before. Who knows? We'll see if I'm feeling spicy enough to get something set up. Maybe some other content creators, like a pre-Citizen Con like party. Damn. See, that's what happens. I ideate and I'm like, damn, now I got to like schedule it, make it happen. All right. Anyways, thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers, my friends, my family. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 27 Jump Point of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen podcast. If you'd like to get more involved, you can follow us on all socials, all platforms at BTV underscore cast. You can become part of the conversation by emailing us at contact at beyondtheversehq.com or you can respond to the comments in the YouTube video. On Spotify, the podcast app, you can respond to the Q&A questions and the poll selections. Um, As well, in any five-star review on any podcasting platform will also get read on this podcast. I hope this finds everybody well. I really do appreciate the last hour or so we spent together, the last 26 episodes, and what we're going to be seeing in Q4. Safe travels as you traverse beyond the verse. Take care, everybody.